increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Market My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. You want to change the title now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I just changed the title. Like, now, like, now, you do another episode. It's like, now is the time to invest in Blue Ridge or, or Logan or something like that. All right, everybody. Those are the outtakes. We're talking about why markets <laughs> shift so quickly. <laughs> um, and Kenny's the one that brought up Logan and Blue Ridge, not me. Just <laughs> send him all the hate email. You know what, let, let's, let's use Logan, Ohio, just because everybody that up there in Hawking Hills thinks we hate them and we don't. Uh, just to recap, if you're a new listener to STRonomics, or as my wife calls Stronomics, when Kenny released his very first spreadsheet for his personal investing, this is way pre-STR Insights, at, I think it was my, our, my, that was our second mastermind meeting, right? And in Gatlinburg, and Kenny yeah. was just, you know, data analyst from a city. He's really good at this stuff. It's his expertise. It's his superpower. And he was putting together a spreadsheet just for himself to look at places to invest. And then all of a sudden, I think it was, man, it might've been Paul. Was he in your accountability group or something that said you should present this or something like that? But anyways, you brought this up and I won't go through the whole story at this mastermind meeting. We had, I think 52, 53 people there. And you showed like the top 100 properties or so at that time that were investable based on ROI long before SDR Insights. And Logan, Ohio was number one at that point. And I remember the movie theater sat like 18 people. I think it was, does that sound about right? Maybe 20, 22. It was Probably standing room that, only. And literally everybody's on their laptop and their phones on Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, looking up Logan, Ohio. And they could see that they could buy like a six bedroom at that time for like 380 grand. It was ridiculous. But this was September of 2020. Remember the COVID test I made everybody take before we came in? So I'm just going to, I'm going to shut up. I want to kind of set the table for you. Purely from a data standpoint, how does someplace like Logan, Ohio go from number one on that first report, and maybe your data sucked because it wasn't STR Insights yet, I don't know, but then to off the map, and we could see the same thing happen with Blue Ridge, we could see the same thing happen with all the popular markets. You know, you just released, STR Insights just released, like the top 10 based on dollar amount, 7,500 grand, 250 based on national parks, beach, mountain, all that type of stuff on where people should be investing. I didn't see Destin. I didn't see Gulf Shores. I didn't see Logan, Ohio. I didn't see 
Palm Springs. I didn't see Broken Bow. I didn't see anywhere in the Smokies. I didn't see any of the traditional markets. Nope. Tell us, tell everybody why. Well, remember that these reports are just like the top markets list. It's ever changing because it's based off of like current day metrics. So meaning like what's the purchase price in these markets and the revenue. So we look at an average weighted revenue. I guess, I don't know. If you have what does weighted mean? Can you explain okay. that to everybody? Yeah. So we take a look at the total number of short-term rentals in the market and how much revenue they make and the size of the properties. And we weight the average. So it's not, it's not we just take the average revenue of all properties. Because if you did that, then the average revenue would be really, really low. We take, it's the weighted average of the number of short-term rentals by bedroom count and their their gross income. So, cool. yeah. I don't um, people understand a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, I thought it'd be a longer explanation than it, and it was. So I, I did pretty well on that one. <laughs> you did. You did great. So I think most people think it's just the average of every short-term rental in that market, yeah. right? No, it's not. Yeah. At least how we do it. But and we do that with... Uh, with Hang pricing. on there for a second. You said at least how we do it. Do Rabu, Mashvisor, AirDNA do it differently? Or do you... You don't, Nobody do knows. Nobody knows. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> the black box, right? So, and then finally, you know, there's purchase price. So... Every single year or every month, these numbers change and they can change for a number of factors. And I think that's those some of the things we're going to talk about because certain markets is different. It's never the same reason why they change. For example, if the revenue stays the same, but purchase prices go up, your ROI is going to go down, right? So that that's one factor. But the biggest factor, like we saw in Blue Ridge of the ROI going down was purchase price ticking up, but revenues going down, right? So that that's a big one. We saw that in Blue Ridge. We saw that in Broken Bow. This year in particular, I saw it in Broken Bow. Broken Bow was on a list last year, believe it or not. It is nowhere near the list this year, being on the list this year. Kenny, those uh, two markets that you just bring up, Blue Ridge and Broken Bow, are significantly smaller in regards to number of STRs than the Smokies, significantly Correct. smaller than Orlando, significantly smaller than Gulf Shores. So how big of a factor is size of a market when it does get saturated, when literally everybody's talking about it and then they just pour in? And you look at the number of people from, it wasn't just Atlanta pouring into the, the Blue Ridge market. It was people from everywhere. You know, it wasn't just Dallas, Texas pouring into Broken Bow. Once it became the market du jour, then all the people that don't do any work, oh, hey, people are talking about this on social. I'm going to go invest there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, market size, it's it's challenging because market... So, okay, we'll take the Smokies. But, but this is a better example because like, it's kind of what we're kind of seeing today rather than like what it was last year. So last year, Smokies, in my opinion, still made the bottom of the list, not the top of the list, not the middle, but the bottom of the list. But they still made the list. I mean, that that's still a good, good market, you know? This year, it's like they're phasing out of the list altogether. Of the top 100? Yes. So, uh, well, in relation to, you know, the criteria and the specifications and everything that we saw. But the one market that did make it in the Smokies was Pigeon Forge. But Gatlinburg did not make it and Sevierville did not make it this year, which last year it did. And so we're kind of seeing like this, like sunsetting of the Smokies because of saturation, meaning like they're building more and more short-term rentals all across the, these markets in Gatlinburg, Sevierville. I mean, really even Pigeon Forge as well, these subdivisions. 
and the ROI is starting to go down. However, in other parts um, of these markets, you might see them actually go up. So it, it just kind of depends on the, but they're pretty large markets. So there's a, there's a nugget that you just said in that sentence that I want to stop and unpack for people for a second. And you said there's these subdivisions that are being built. Just like there was subdivisions built in Orlando, Kissimmee, Davenport, just like they're doing right now in Branson, right? And you don't, I've never seen that in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Well, let me rephrase that. I, not a subdivision, but I've seen developments and it's really in the cottages. You don't right. see that in Western North Carolina. You don't see that in Michigan, right? So for me, that's something that's no data, but just from a vision standpoint, that scares the shit out of me when people start building subdivisions or neighborhoods or 20 or 50 units at a time that are strictly being built for STR, that's really the impetus of leading to saturation in that bedroom count in particular, and sometimes in that micro market. Would you agree? Yes, I, 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 uh, I agree a thousand percent. The, the reality is part of being an investable market for, for us and anyone listening on this podcast is that you want the property you're investing in to, to be unique. And I, I'm starting to call it have your moat, right? What's your moat with your property? So what sets you apart from everybody else? And if you're in one of these subdivisions, there's nothing that really sets you apart from everybody else. And maybe you have like a better view of somebody else's house. I'm, you know, like it, it's really... It's really the like, condoization of, yes, you know, that, that, I know that's not a word, but maybe it is. Very dangerous when it comes to, you know, use a, uh, let's use a buzzword, a uh, black swan events. So meaning events that like a COVID that are unexpected and you see major pullback. So in these subdivisions, um, anytime there's either a natural disaster or some massive event that's unpredicted uh, happens these properties get hit the hardest, meaning in terms of revenue, because everybody else is trying to drop their price all at the same time. And there's this, this like disappearance of demand. And because they're not unique, they're the first ones to lose out. And you're just going to continue to see that in some of the you, areas. You just said another word, demand, right? And I think new investors don't understand that they can actually get data on demand. I got, I get, it seems like every day I get my market updates, my weekly updates from Price Labs, right? And the mm -hmm. first thing I look at, and it's usually at the first or second icon they have in there, is the number of bookings in the last seven days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at, I got my Gulf Shores one today, and there was 600, I think it was 687 bookings in Gulf Shores in the last week. And I'm like, holy shit, I can't wait. I went back because I say I are archive all of those. I went back and I looked at June of last year and it was like, I think it was like seven, 7,800 bookings. I mean, it just, it's 11X, right? And if you go back, if you're a newbie investor, and I don't know if you can get these reports from, you know, Price Labs or, you know, from wherever, but, you know, I would want to be looking at that demand generation, you know, on a, basically an annual cycle to see what's happening. And I'm sure that you can see demand dropping, you know, saturation increases. Let's just use, you know, whatever market Gatlinburg, because of that, I mean, God, I don't even know how many short-term rentals are in Gatlinburg. Smokies, probably 14, 15,000. Yeah, easily. Gatlinburg, probably four or five, six, 7,000, I would guess. So, I mean, if they add 600 new homes, 
you're, you know, that's a pretty significant amount, especially if they're all two bedrooms, three bedrooms, right? So that's kind of the next thing that I want you to kind of dive into is people think markets are saturated. You and I've discussed this many times, no market saturated. It's bedroom counts inside of markets, correct? Correct. Yep. So, I mean, in the sense that's like a, like a sub market, right? Like there's demand, there's different demand and supply for each bedroom count. And I, I created a YouTube video on this and it's on my channel um, about uh, saturation, how to measure that. And I took an example of uh, Kissimmee where there's like, like three bedrooms galore, right? Like just everywhere is a three bedroom or, or a three bedroom. two and three bedroom condos easily or, or single family homes. Yeah. Like, they, they're all the same. And it's like, look, this is overly saturated and this is how you tell. And then what are some, and then we found some bedroom counts that were actually not saturated at all. And there was actually higher demand for those. Keep in mind, demand is relatively, you know, in a ratio or sorry, the ratio is higher, but the amount of demand is smaller. Just there's less supply of that higher bedroom count. And that fluctuates in every single market. So, and that's really important as you like look to invest is, Okay, are if you really, really like, for example, if you really want to be in a Destin, Florida, or one of these really, really expensive markets, and you can only afford a two or a three bedroom or one bedroom condo, you know, it, it's really competitive at those. Buy a two bedroom A frame in Larray or on the city limits of Asheville as opposed to you could buy three hundred and fifty grand versus spending a million in Destin. Right, you could buy a five bedroom with the same budget. You know what I mean? And now you're at a better price point. You know, or but not a better price point, but like a better. ROI overall, there's less saturation, there's less competition. So I mean, there, I don't know, if we're truly looking for the best investment, we need to be understanding like the sub markets of the bedroom counts, finding that kind of the sweet spots. I, so. I agree 100%. I think the other thing people think Kissimmee is an example, you bring that up is saturated, right? Mm -hmm. And it is like you said, for one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom condos and single family homes. But what if you found the diamond in the rough and you had a 10 bedroom, you know, on the far west side of Kissimmee, you're not going to be saturated. You'll be saturated down in Davenport. You know, you'll be saturated all in that southern area where everything is big. And I'd be interested. I'm going to ask you, I don't know if you can pull it up or not. You remember a year ago when we were in Orlando and we found the 15 bedrooms that were oh, new yeah, yeah. by the Brazilian developers mm -hmm. and there weren't very many 15 bedrooms that like top and stopped between like 10 to 12, a gazillion six, seven, eight bedrooms, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit less, but still plenty of 10 bedrooms. You really had to go 12 and above, you know, to create space and create that unique experience. And I think there was three side by side and one across the street. I'd be interested now today, a year later to know how many 15 bedrooms are in that market. And I'll bet it's five to six X what it was at that point. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, well, I'll, be, I'll look into it and report back. <laughs> Return I, mean, I, I think that was, I don't know, just for my thought process, because this really is about how fast that can change, right? Mm -hmm. So like you've been talking about new remain for quite some time. Yep. And, you know, when when does that market become uninvestable? Probably this year. You think? Yeah, I, I just like, so, and this is where we have to like, we kind of have to think when we're investing in these markets, we moat, moat, got to think about the moat, right? And in Newry, there, you know, going in like this year, it's like, there weren't a lot of properties, but the thing that was like telling, like, sure, it was a great market, but they're just constructing properties everywhere now there, everywhere. 
and they're all the same. It's the same design. There's like two or three designs. And it's like, they're, so what is really going to set you apart there when there are 54 bedroom properties that all, you know, look the same? What, is it the view? Is it the proximity? Because if you have neither of those, you're kind of screwed. So that's why like the ones that we were looking at, it's like, wow, this property is in a great location because you can't beat that. Like proximity to the ski resort. I mean, I guess you just build on the ski resort, right? But that they're not going to do that. So proximity. And then the second thing was views. So those are the two like big revenue drivers for that market on top of a nice property and design decor and amenities. But those are secondary to those first two things that we're looking for, uh, mm. potential views or proximity. And we do that in any markets because we make the assumption. So when I personally look for properties and even when I work for clients, I make the assumption that in two years, three years, where it's going to get out, everyone's going to want to invest there. So what's going to separate this property from everybody else's property that gets into that market? If it's nothing, then that's not a good investment. Agreed. I want to make something clear for everybody. Proximity means access. That's different than location. You know, you're talking about like a ski resort as an example. You literally could be at the base of the ski resort and be have a great location regarding the ski resort. But if you can't walk out that back door, like if there's a fenced off parking lot or whatever it is, if there's something between you, you might only be a hundred yards away, but if you got to go a half a mile around, and I just saw this um, last week, Kenny, and mm. you know, that doesn't give you the proximity. So those, and those are things that are really hard to bet online. You need to make sure you have a great agent or you need to put your eyes, you know, and look at the property and then what surrounds it. So I, I look at location and proximity as two different things. We can see location on a Zillow map. We can see location on an STR Insights map. We can't really identify that proximity very well without having real boots on the ground for that. Hmm. Well, that there are 42 15-bedroom properties in Kissimmee and Davenport. Nice. That was a quick turnaround there. I like it. It was. It was 42. Yeah. And I, I don't remember the exact number. I think it was less than double digits. I think it was like seven, eight, nine. I don't remember. And there was, I think, four under construction in that one subdivision. Yeah, and it looks like most of them are in the same same general area, which is near Disney. So. Right, in that like North Davenport area or whatever it is. And the interesting thing is, you know, we were only going to purchase as the super team, if you will, the war room, if we could get all four because we didn't want to get one or two and then have the others around it. You wanted to control that market. But even if you have four, and what do you say there is now? 42? 42, yeah. Yeah, so basically probably seven, eight, nine X what it was last year, potentially. That's crazy. What was the purchase price on those? Do you remember? Those were around, I think, one five, one six, on one five, one six, completely unfurnished. Oh, well, it's doing like, some of them are doing like 280. So anyway. I'm not, I think we were budgeting, you know, around 225 to 250 to, you know, furnish, furnish. That yeah. did not include theming, by the way. I think it was going to be like another 150, you know, attack one it was like 400 cash, you know, which that's crazy. I mean, one five, so you're in 300 minimum, you're in 700 K if you don't get a good construction loan and ARV rolled into there. And now you got seven X, eight X, the saturation <laughs> in that market. That's the True. thing that's tough. That's the hard part about investing. People should probably pay us, Kenny, to uh, not disclose the top markets. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so so. break it down. What are, what are the three or four things just as we wrap up here that people should be looking at and why the really why the market shift? How can they look at these trends? 
So number one, uh, it goes back to, so for me, the easiest thing I recommend people doing, because I, I, a lot of people get built caught up in saturation. They're like, well, how do I you know, figure this out? And it's like, there is a technical way to do it. But the easiest way, my recommendation is look for properties that are unique. You can still find deal, you know, it's just less, less likely, but you can still technically find deals in these big popular markets that are quote unquote. There's seven of them in Asheville right now for 20 mil. Yeah. Oh gosh. They're unique. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. Let's get on that. Let's talk about that one on the next episode. Uh, anyway, but the reality is like, like look for properties that are unique that have that moat, even in that area. And that's how you like avoid saturation altogether. So that's like the one thing, but the reality is so housing prices, revenue, and saturation are the three key things that shift markets quickly. So always make sure your property has a moat uh, that separates itself. And no, a barrel sauna or an EV charger is not a moat. <laughs> like uh, B, it doesn't have to be location. Remember properties are revenue is based on four things. Location, number one, quality of the property, interior, exterior quality or type of property the design and decor and amenities, okay? With a moat, you want at least two out of the four, if not three out of the four. I'm going to throw in uh, a 4B. You better have great fucking photos. Yes. Great. Photos. Like the best. I just got mine back for a property, Kenny. Great inside, eh, outside. I'm literally going to have to reshoot outside because they're just good. They're not freaking amazing. Mm. Um, and it's probably going to cost me another 2000 bucks to get them done. But that's how important that is. Cause if you can't showcase those first four things, right. If you don't have the most amazing photos. Right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Good stuff, Kenny. Good nuggets. Nuggets. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode and hopefully in Nashville in about a week from the time that you see this, depending on when you see it, they might see it after Nashville, but uh, thank you to Kenny and STR Insights, our title sponsor of the 2024 STR Wealth Conference. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, Kenny. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today.